Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast. I am your host, Chase Merrill, and we are all about helping people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can build up who they were made to be. On today's episode, I have my cousin Kaylee Kohler with me. Kaylee is more like my sister than she is uh, a cousin, but she has been such an integral part of my life from an early age. And to sit down with her today and to really talk about the, the low valleys and the high mountaintops and everything in between that she has gone through and overcome was such an incredible privilege. Her life is really marked by redemption. There's so many threads of redemption in her story that we got to talk about today. And for anybody that's walking through something challenging or difficult themselves or with somebody close to them, this conversation will encourage and build you up today, no doubt. If you want to help us continue to make an impact with this podcast week in and week out, consider joining our new Patreon community. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can be a part of helping us get the message and mission of the podcast out to more people more effectively. This is a way that we can come together as a community and you'll get access to behind the scenes stuff, additional resources and content and so much more for just as little as $5 a month. You can head over to chasemerrill.com and click Patreon to jump in and get started. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Frontline Coffee Co. Delicious, bold, and expertly roasted small batch coffee for the everyday American. Frontline is not just about coffee. They're about supporting responders on the front lines, courageously caring for the rest of us. With every Frontline purchase, a percentage goes to supporting the brave men and women who are doing just that. Head over to FrontlineCoffeeCo.com and use promo code FREEDUP. That's F-R-E-E-D-U-P, all one word, FREEDUP, to get 15% off your purchase. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Well, here we go. I have my cousin Kaylee Kohler with me today on today's episode. Kaylee, hello. Welcome. Hello. So glad to have you today. I know we uh, are in different states right now and different time zones a little bit with uh, with that. And so it's early in the morning for, for both of us. But uh, I so appreciate you taking the time to jump in and jump on a conversation with me today. And uh, will you do me a favor, just kind of snapshot for a moment like who who are you where are you at so people that don't know who you are could uh, kind of be clued in just a little bit more yeah uh i am kaylee kohler and actually just legally got my name changed let's go <laughs> after being married for three years <laughs> uh we're in nashville um i've got two wonderful boys uh hudson and hendrix and my husband chet chet so good. We got we uh we got to see each other a few months ago uh, for our grandma, uh, Grandma Wanda, who's probably the most um, connecting piece to our lives, um, when it comes to our relationship. But got to see you guys and go out there in your beautiful home and property. It's really property. It's like it's yeah. it's it's some actual <laughs> land for people that are in uh, not the land space. Uh, but just was so cool to see you guys in person and uh, spend some time with you out there. I wish we were closer so we could spend more time with each other. Um, but what part of why you're here today? Okay, so this whole thing ha- we're we're well into 20 plus episodes now for this 52 project and uh, 52 people over 52 weeks that have made an impact on my life. And uh, you are one of those 52 people. And part of the reason why, outside of just being uh, blood related and connected through family, um, you are a cousin uh, by nature of our family relationship. But but really when I peel it all back, uh, and I actually don't have to think too hard about it. You're, you're more like a sister and, uh, our yeah. relationship from early childhood growing up together. Um, it was really just the three of us cousins, uh, between my brother <laughs> Landon and I and you, um, spent a lot of time on those early years together. 
And then there was a season where that kind of being closer together was brought back um, but before we graduated high school. And uh, yeah. you actually, do you remember what, what, did you, what year of high school was it when you moved in? My senior year. It was your senior year. Okay. Yeah. So your senior year, that's right. I couldn't remember if it was your junior, senior, your senior year. We'll, we'll get into that story in just a moment because that's just crazy to think like, okay, you know, yeah. all of school, high school, like you just decide senior year to, to move in, you know, six or seven hours away with your aunt and uncle and two cousins. But that really kind of like sealed it. So we had an early childhood, a lot of years together, you know, living in Southern California and being raised around each other. And then, um, and then that, that year you moved in senior year, you actually ended up living with us for a few years. I think it was, I think it ended up being like three or four. I can't remember how all together. Yeah. Um, that kind of like, it was like, all right, if you, if there was any, any sister person in my life, you were it. And, uh, and so <laughs> Uh, we have a close, close relationship from a lot of years of history and experience in life. And I think about that, um, that I have, there's nobody else in that category for me in my life. And so when I thought about, man, the 52 people and have you on my list, it was like, it, it's an, it's a no brainer just knowing that, um, this person's been so close and seen so much of me and my life been a part of that. Uh, and that's just the connection from relational side we'll yeah. get we'll get more into the other reasons why probably later but there's then there's just the whole like who you are and um the way that I've watched you live your life and overcome some things and walk through difficult seasons and uh and and really the, the way that the Lord has done some incredible things in your life throughout you know the times that um maybe maybe even it it was hard to see how it could happen so yeah that's part of why you're here and excited to jump into a conversation today. Let's uh let's start with Nashville. Okay, so can maybe we we even maybe, might even work back a little bit because that might be um that might be just a snapshot, a way to help walk through it a little bit. Uh, so how are you in Nashville? We um bought a house in Lakewood, California, and then COVID happened, and things were going sideways like really quick, and we were like we're basically out of here. So. We felt like it was the right decision to put our house on the market and we were looking to move towards like Temecula area, like wine country in California. Yeah. And um my mother in law's a real estate agent, so we went out every weekend for like almost two months, like looking for houses in this area that we really wanted to look. And just like none of them were like speaking to us. So um my biological dad was turning fifty and um his fiance texted me and was like your dad's turning 50 I really wanted to surprise him by flying you guys out here all of you and um we were like yeah like we're game so we flew and um we had my mother-in-law did an open house in California for us while we were gone in Nashville so visiting for the house you're selling yeah for yep. the house that we were selling and um we got here and we were here for like three or four days and I am like California homegrown, yeah. like born and raised, and so is Chet. And we were here, and I was just like almost crying, um, like on our last day. And he was, and I don't cry, like I'm very, like totally non emotional. And he was <laughs> like, "Are you okay? Like, what is going on?" And I was like, "I hate to like say this because I think it's gonna like throw a huge wrench into our plan, but I really just feel like we're supposed to move here." And he was like, "Oh my gosh, like think." 
saying, God, you said something. I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to freak you out. <laughs> and uh, literally two or three weeks later, we bought a house sight unseen, never saw it. <laughs> Gosh. And it was crazy. And we have been here ever since and we'll n- never go back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty significant transplant of Southern California kind of beach you know the crazy Mm -hmm. of the crazy of 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 southern cal to be able to go and then jump into nashville and feel that at home what what is it about what is it like just now that you've been there you've been there for over a year now yeah almost two yeah what is it about being there that you're like this like that it feels that at home thing like what is that your soul connects with out there that's that's just different than some of the stuff that you were experiencing in california you know, it's really hard to like put your thumb on it. Like even when we flew back and we were, we only told a handful of people that we were moving because we just like, that's just like how we run things. Like we don't put a lot of our stuff out there. Um, it was really hard to describe to people like why we were moving. And I just said, you know, Tennessee just like grabs your soul. And like, I think you've kind of even experienced it a little bit when you were here. Like, yeah, you don't have to try to like show people around and like, you know, like convince them you just get here and there's like something about the way that this state is like ran and the way that people live their lives here is just like very attractive um to what we were looking for and how we wanted to run our lives and it just like we had a major connection and we were just like this is where we want to raise our kids and um we want them to grow up with the values that everyone else wants their kids to grow up with here too and to us that was like the deal breaker yeah yeah and even home wise like you guys had like um a lot of california homes especially in southern california in in other places obviously in the world but like they're really close you know you got you could almost reach your hand out through your window and like hand your hand your neighbor something through the window kind of thing versus where you are now where you know you guys have some decent space in between your neighbors and a backyard that kind of just opens wide up and i mean chickens and you know yeah. some <laughs> other things that are there and uh and it was so cool to get to see it and 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 i totally experienced what you talked about especially from you guys like i think you know it was it was evident that you, what you guys had experienced in being there um you could feel it like you you definitely felt a different sense of like i could take a deep breath and be here a while yeah and uh, you slow down yeah so that's yeah. So that's cool. Okay, so now that's where you are kind of now in Tennessee. Um, and uh, but I, here's what I'd love to do too. I'd love to help people get a little bit of a of a deeper snapshot to like maybe some of the the childhood stuff where we begin to get connected and some of your story there. Um, so will you will you walk us through just for a little bit like the the early childhood years of Kaylee Jean by the way Jean is I got to make this note uh Jean's <laughs> Jean's passed all the way down I don't know where it started before Grandma Wanda I'm sure there was there's something outside of that that I I don't know but Grandma Wanda Wanda Jean is her middle name uh moved down my mom's Shelly Jean Kaylee Jean as the first girl uh, and first grandkid of that next wave of, you know, the family. And then uh, and then we have a little girl named Delaney Jean. So it's continuing on. So you're you're you can't you've carried the the torch of the gene. <laughs> uh, but but OK, so I mean, just what are some of the things that when you think about that, that early childhood of, of being grown up together, 
Um, and, and even some of the things that may have been some challenging moments uh, of that season as you stepped into, you know, uh, early elementary, middle school, and then a high school, which eventually brought us together again. But what, what kind of give us a little bit of a, 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 a deeper snapshot. Okay. Um, so I, when I first started school, we actually lived in Dana Point. Um, I went to private school for two years, like where the whole plaid had been yeah. matching skirt. Oh my gosh. Eyes. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a pair of, uh, Navy blue Mary Jane Doc Martens and it was just awesome. We had like for PE, we had like equestrian riding, like yeah. <laughs> it was super cool. Yeah. Um, and then just really missed like home, I guess. Um, grandma was like, you know, an hour away. Right. And um, so we moved back to Lakewood and uh, my mom started dating Scott. Yeah. And because um, at the well, time, be- your, your, so your biological dad and your mom were, weren't together at that time um, when you were out in Dana Point. Yeah. My biological dad um, and my mom got divorced like before or around when I was two. Yeah. Okay. That's um, right. And he uh, was kind of like in and out of the picture. Um, and I had a lot of other brothers and sisters, like sometimes I would get to spend time with and sometimes I didn't. And, um, just like the living, like physically living far away from them made it hard to like spend a lot of time sure. with that other side of my family. Um, and so when she met or started dating Scott, cause Scott had been around for a while. Um, <laughs> my mom was actually his high school youth leader at church oh my because I didn't, their age i didn't know that yeah. i guess that makes sense so with yeah through through life center yeah yeah okay yes wow yeah. so they started dating um when scott was like of age yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um they so we moved back to lakewood they were they started dating and uh they got married when i was nine and he was just like you know, I got to do a lot of really cool things because I had such a great, like, stepdad. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I got two awesome brothers out of it. Yeah. And we basically were in Lakewood ever since then going forward up until I was, like, 16 or 17. And um, kind of just having, like, growing pains, being a teenager, being a girl, butting heads with my mom um really wanted to like branch out and like be a you know and grown up thinking because I was a teenager thinking yeah. like I knew what I was doing yeah um and that catapulted me into moving in with you guys because things are just like not great at yeah. home with my mom and stuff and so it was good for me to get some space and your mom was like come live with us like you know we I don't have a daughter like let's do this together yeah so yeah, then we I drove up my little white beetle yeah. with, my, <laughs> with my flower vase in it <laughs> to Rockland, California. <laughs> That's I yeah, I'm all those pictures are those are vivid memories of that whole world and that season are coming back flooding as I'm talking or listening to you talk. So yeah, I mean yeah. just you um you know, your mom, my aunt. So the uh, good to I guess connect that to our moms are sisters. Yeah. Um aunt sis is who we call each other's, you know. Uh, call each other's moms and uh, and you know she's strong-willed 
and has, you know, from her own journey of like being her own independent, you know, woman. And so like, it wasn't like, uh, like, uh, it didn't surprise, I don't think anybody that like, there's some of that in you, like the, like, I need to kind of figure some stuff out. Um, and, and I know that was challenging though for, for everybody, I'm sure like if, you know, for her too, if she were on here to say it probably was hard to watch that process of going, okay, this is, you know, I know this is probably right. Letting her go, go move away and get some space. But yeah, as a mom, probably still struggling with that. Like, okay. Um, you know, but she, you know, she's, she's incredible. I mean, I just, I got to see her recently too. Um, and, uh, her season would, she's coming. Uh, coming your way which is pretty exciting we'll talk about that yeah so you you did you drove up um yeah. i remember when my parents approached landon and i you know because at that point you're a year older than me and yeah. landon's two years younger than me so i think yeah i was going to be a junior yeah. and uh landon was going to be a freshman so we were all going to be in high school at the same high school together yeah uh, the brand new high school right right which was just crazy I and mean, my mom was like hey how do you guys feel about this um, you know, Kaylee coming to live with us for her senior year. Um, I just like, there wasn't even hesitation. It was like a hundred percent. Yes. Like the, the opportunity for Kaylee to get to be in and around, you know, our, our, fa- our friends and this life in Rockland and where we were at in California was, uh, just was awesome to think about. And, you know, and, and I definitely thought it was going to be a challenge to transplant your senior year. Um, but if anybody was going to be able to do it and immerse themselves in relationally and like, uh, not have a problem making friends and jumping in, it was going to be you. And so that's really what, (laughs) that's really what happened. You kind of just came right in and immersed yourself into our world and very quickly were naturally a part of it. Um, which was such a unique experience. I'm so glad, even though it had some challenges, you know, for everybody involved too, uh, I'm sure it was so cool to get to experience that. Like I have a sister living in, in our house and, um, yeah. so what about, about that season? Okay. So senior year, what about that season stands out to you when you think about some of the, like the challenges of it, like where you were, what you, what you kind of that discovery of that space you felt like you did kind of need to step into, um, like, what do you remember from that season being some of the challenges and maybe even some of the things that you, you, you saw you overcame? Yeah. Um, I think that like, uh, like physically moving, I, we all kind of thought would like help my mom and I's relationship. And, you know, I kind of like to say that like it did, but it didn't like we still had like whatever we were going through just followed me to Rockland. So it took, you know, two, I would say like a good two years to where she finally was able to like really let go and like, let me like just kind of figure out things for myself under the supervision of your mom and dad, obviously. But, you know, I was, we had a deal like when I left was that I was going to just go there for senior year and, you know, hang out with you guys and get involved in church. And I think that like my mom thought that I was doing a lot of things as a teenager that she didn't want me to do. Um, and I remember you even saying the same thing, like once we, once I got there and we started talking, you were like, oh, for sure. I thought you were, you know, drinking and, you know, having inappropriate relationships. And I was just like, whoa, like, no, like I'm not, I'm, I don't know why it's like, I'm putting off this vibe. Like I'm like this, you know, crazy teenager. <laughs> yeah. I just had an attitude problem, really. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, 
we had a deal that I was just going to, you know, live there for senior year, get involved in church and turn my life around. And, um, and then I was supposed to go back home and go to Long Beach state and be a fashion major. And I remember just being there and with you guys and everyone that we were around and Holly was one of my first friends and, um, you know, she was like going to go off to Bible school and I was like, well, I think I kind of want to go to Bible school or, you know, just seeing kind of what, what my options were. Um, that that didn't go over well with my mom. (laughs) Yeah. It's to, to pause real quick on that. Like there was, um, like I'm remembering there were some like really powerful times, uh, during that year, like when it comes to like God stuff, like, yeah. I remember thinking, you know, part of my high school experience was being super involved in church and youth group and having a relationship with the Lord that was really my mm-hmm. own. And, um, you know, you you obviously at that point had grown up in that world to an extent with where you were um, in California. We had a lot of similar experiences with our church that we were at growing up at Life Center in Lakewood. But um, yep. but it was amazing to get to watch you during that year, especially like have some of those fresh like kind of moments and encounters with God where almost like your relationship with God kind of got re restarted and, and, and or reawakened a little bit. Yeah. And I would uh, say reawakened for sure. Yeah. And it was cool uh, to get to, to get to see that because I, I begin to go, Oh man, like that's really where, that's really where I think that's really where I feel like the Lord helped me even see like you, you had a calling. Like it wasn't, like you really do have a calling on your life still do. And it was like, that was where it really began to show. Uh, I feel like I, I feel like the Lord began to show it to me and I got to see it like, Oh, don't know this girl. Like the whole, the whole attitude thing that just needs to be redirected uh, because it's, it's leadership. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> it's confidence in security and, and the ability to discern right and wrong and make decisions and, um, and, Anyway, there's so much I could say to that, but that was that. I remember when I think about things that impacted my life. That was a big year that impacted my life when it comes to our relationship because I was like, it was a year that I went, man, God really is real. Uh, Because Kaylee's not up here trying to fake this. Um, She's not forcing this. This isn't just like, okay, I got to like look like I have a relationship with God to fit in and or prove that I'm, you know, this year was worth it and I can go back to Long Beach. It was like there were moments genuinely like I watched you encounter God for real in a way that yeah. was like, oh, shoot, this. No, God, you really are real. Um, yeah. So I just, you know, there's so many examples of stories from those those that year. But it was cool for me. It really made an impact in my life. And it was pretty especially good to watch you walk through some of that. So senior year, you graduated from the same high school uh, that I graduated from. We were the first graduating class. That's right. You were. Yeah. That's crazy. Whitney High School, uh, Wildcats alumni. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You were, I forgot about that factor that you were, as a year older, that was the first graduating class of Whitney High School, 2008. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so then you, you locked in a little bit. Like I want to kind of stay here in this area and maybe see uh, after, after high school, not go back to long beach um mm-hmm. and uh what at what point so i'm thinking about that transition when the when did you meet chris 
when was Chris in in that picture? Um, the summer of the year that uh, I graduated. Okay, so yeah, it was. It was like right around, right after graduating, kind of thing. You're yeah. Transitioning, and so um, we got it. We got to introduce Chris True because he's yes. a factor to the to not going back to Long Beach very potentially yes. and staying and connecting into that space even more. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so let's uh, let's let's do that. And and and, and Chris is, um, he, uh, I, I love Chris. Chris is Chris. Is, I have I have a, a lot of experiences. I have I'm trying to find. Them. I have an album. Uh, I have two. I have two little EPs hiding back there behind that that sign that's <laughs> glowing uh, uh, because of Chris Chu. And uh, but but just a snapshot. Will you will you give us a little bit of that going into that season so people that don't know you can know a little bit of that. Um, part of that journey yeah so i actually met chris's dad first um i had a job at a part of my deal with like not going back to long beach and going to college was like i was gonna like get a job and so yeah i got a job i guess i was like basically selling digital marketing like i don't really even know that i don't think i knew what i was really doing i just like sold myself to this company and they believed me and they hired me (laughs) And so really I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> that's like that's like a that's like a, a more mature version of Landon's experience with um the Ted Baker like interview where he thought Ted Baker was literally a bakery and he shows up and it's it's like high end men's clothes and it's, fashion. yeah it's yeah. not a bakery. <laughs> but he got the job anyway. <laughs> Confidence man it'll yeah. take you wherever you need to go. Uh-huh. So anyway, I was, this is where I was working and, um, Chris's dad was an associate pastor at a church that like wanted to get some marketing done. And, um, he, uh, met me, we had a, co- a coffee a couple times and he was just like, he kept telling me like, you know, I have a son, I have a son. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> like, no, I don't really even know what I'm doing. Like I fight with my mom a lot. I think I'm just like doing this job to stick it to her and I don't want a boyfriend and. I was kind of boy crazy in high school, as you probably remember. And I was just like, I think you and I actually had a conversation where you were just like, just take the summer and, you know, focus on your relationship with God and try not to have a boyfriend. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I could do that. Yeah. So here comes Eric True telling me I have a son, I have a son. And I'm like, well, if your son like can't get his own girlfriend, like maybe there's like something like, you know, that (laughs) I just don't even want to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we were in his office and uh, he was like, oh, this is my son right here. And he had a picture of him. And I was like, oh, like he's kind of cute. And he was like, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I en- I ended up having a mutual friend who was like, hey, like, let's go. Let's try this new church out one Sunday. And I was like, all right, cool. So we um, went to this church that was in a high school cafeteria. It's yeah. like a church in a box, they used to call him. And there's Eric True like given the morning announcements and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know that guy. Like, you know, I'm working with him to do digital marketing. So then worship starts and the drummer is like super cute. And my friend, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like who is that drummer? And she's like, Oh, that's Chris true. That's Eric's son. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. So like everything just came together. And after, you know, after church, uh, I went and said hi to Eric and he was like, go, oh, you have to meet my son. I was like, all right. So we met and um, we were trying to start like a co- like a college young adult group at yeah. the church. And that next weekend we had like a meeting with like everyone that was going to be like 
helping, you with know, it. help pushing it forward. And um, I came with like a binder and it had like page protectors and colored tabs and all the things that like I thought we should do <laughs> or focus on or like fun events I thought we could throw. Yeah. And apparently that really impressed Chris because he was like, <laughs> years later, he told me, one of the things that I like really liked about you was like how organized and like, like, like professional you were even like at 18 yeah. right out of high school yeah. trying to start a church college group. And, um, he had to get my phone number because we were all on a team, yeah. you know, trying to start this group and, you know, texted me like, basically like, you're really cute or something like that. Like, let's go get coffee and I was just like, oh man, like, all right, like, let's do it. And it was just like seamless. Yeah. We were like together almost every single day. Yeah. For like three years. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys, you guys ended up getting married at 2000. Wait, what year was that? 2000 and... 2011. Yeah. 2011. Yeah. That's right. Um, Married. And, uh, throughout that journey, you guys ended up having a place right by us, uh, you know, living in, living in Rockland. So we got, again, more, more of time with you and, and Chris and, uh, just to do life together. Um, and part of, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of jump ahead for a second and then let you kind of maybe fill in some of that gap. And part of why is because as we sit here today, um, there's, there's all of these little like ups and downs that have come, you know, in, in and through your life and how you, how you, how you've navigated and how you've overcome and how those things have not somehow turned out for just absolute like devastation or detriment. Like you, you, they've mm -hmm. all built in and built up more into who you are and where you are. Um, is part of why I'm, I'm walking through this story of some of your, your history, because it's, it's insane to be sitting where you are today. Like I kind of mentioned earlier and, and, you know, as I'm looking up and seeing two beautiful kids behind you in that picture and know, um, <laughs> you know, where you are. So, so the relationship, uh, with Chris did not, you know, what it eventually ended and, mm -hmm. um, but there was a, a beautiful blessing even in that with, with, uh, with Hudson being born yeah. uh how old is hudson hudson is eight yeah that's right he's just a year ahead of of wes um so like what 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 about that that season of overcoming and walking through um just a marriage that that dissolved or didn't mm -hmm. but having something like a child come out of it there's just a lot of people that i know that have or are walking through difficult seasons of relationship and um are trying to wrestle through what what good is coming out of this or, or can there be good that comes out of this what would you say is some of that good that came out of that mm -hmm. season that maybe you've not you you didn't anticipate walking through or ever uh, experiencing in your own life but but it ended up taking place yeah um i think that like when you go through something like as devastating as like a divorce um whether or not there's kids involved um you really find out like what you're made out of yeah and that kind of like inner strength once you like can connect with that and yourself you really realize like 
you know, we're, we're not perfect. Like, you know, Jesus was the only perfect one. And I think that there's a lot of weight on trying to be perfect and not make any mistakes. And when you go through something like a divorce, you can find out what you're made of and you can own the part that you played. And that is so healing and empowering that you realize like you the goal is to not be perfect. Like the goal is to make good decisions, obviously, but learn from them when you make a bad one. Yeah. And to not hurt try to not hurt anybody else in the process. Yeah. Um I think like our divorce lawyer told me and Chris, like this is like the most like non tumultual divorce he's ever like had yeah. to like do. And he's done a lot. So, hmm. um, I think that, you know, obviously Hudson came out of it and that was great. Um, but our timeline was really, we got married really young. Like we were barely able legal to like drink alcohol at our wedding. Like we were very, very young. And I, for myself, I was really coming into who I was finding out that I was going to be. Um, and that had you know chris had nothing to do with that that none of that was his fault at all he basically was like collateral damage and me trying to like grow up yeah. and um a lot of that stems from my childhood and um not having like a father figure in my life for a you know a really crucial amount of time and um having a mom that's like you know very strong-willed and um I had a lot that I had to work through and I just didn't, I didn't realize that until after I was married. Yeah. Um, so as far as like good things that came out of it, I mean, we, we got Hudson, which was like the best thing. And, um, I really got to figure out like who I was and what I was made out of. Yeah. And, um, really just like unpack childhood issues that I didn't even know were affecting my adult decision-making. Yep. And, um, and just having like complete, like just having no shame in my failures and my shortcomings and just owning up to it really just made me like see a side of myself that I didn't know was in there. Yeah, 100%. One of the things that that I know you might be able to give some insight to for, for people that are walking through difficult things with people that they care about and love. There were times like I was watching you go through what you were what you were walking through and there was definitely this piece at times of like okay she's making some of these decisions that are maybe um bringing some of the challenge that she's experiencing on herself mm -hmm. but yeah. feeling but feeling like i could not do anything or say anything that would stop it or yeah or get through like I remember feeling helpless at times of my own life with, with you. And I know I have had with other people of like how, no matter what I say or do, it feels like, um, she may not want to receive or hear this. Do you, do, yeah. you, do you, okay. So, um, so there's that here, here's where I'm going. There are people that, um, and, and so you were in that kind of season where it was like, it doesn't really matter to your point. You were figuring some things out. You were discovering and unpacking some of those things from, from childhood and just walking through some of that stuff. And no matter what effort, maybe somebody was trying to communicate or whatever, it, it was just part of the process that you had to kind of walk out and navigate. Um, what kind of advice would you give to somebody 
who is in that season with somebody else and maybe they're thinking like what can or should I be doing right now with somebody that I care about maybe like walking through some stuff and at times making decisions that we you know could could potentially hurt them or their future but like every time I say or do something it feels like it's pushing them away is there anything you would encourage somebody that's in that seat that you'd be like hey I was there as the person you know walking through that stuff and this is what could have been more helpful for me from the people that loved and cared about me as I walked through stuff. Do you, does the question make sense? What I'm asking, like, yeah. what advice would you yeah. give that person that, that, that mom that's out there, that dad or that brother, that's like, I don't know what to do or how to communicate. And yet I feel like doing nothing is hard for me. So like, what, 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 what can they do from somebody that's like, here's what I would encourage you. I think this is like a twofold. I have like a twofold answer. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, like I can only speak from my own experience when sure. I was like walking through that, you know, I had, we have a grandma that's a total prayer, prayer warrior. Yes. I have an aunt that's a total prayer warrior. My uncle Larry is a total prayer warrior. Yeah. And I know that just, you know, praying for that person when I, and I don't want it to sound like a Sunday school answer because no. that's, it's not, it's a real, yep. like there's a lot of power in that because you are basically aware that like you're not trying to manipulate the person and that person won't feel like you're manipulating them if you're just praying for them you know in the comfort of your own home yeah sure um and because god can do things that that humans can't even like get close to doing so um i would say that first and then the the second thing like the more worldly answer um i would say is just to if you create a safe place for the person to come to you because i think i would have been a lot more receptive to things that like you and your mom and grandma were trying to tell me um if i wasn't so worried about being judged sure if i wasn't so worried about the shame that would come if i was were to open up to you guys about the things that i was doing um because you know and me and my husband talk about this a lot because we have kids and they're going to grow up and they're going to make mistakes and we like having like an open door policy really changes the way that people receive things when you when you talk to them especially about yeah you know sensitive things yeah so yeah that's really good so good and 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 really challenging really challenging too but but i do think that you know when i and and speaking of your kids and their future. I think you're, you and Chet are going to do an incredible job at that, creating a safe Thank environment you. where, you know, they know, they know what, you know, structure or right and wrong and principles and truths that, that you guys hold that you want and desire them to hold, but that they're going to, but they're going to feel a no judgment, no shame zone, um, which mm-hmm. I think is exciting when I think about Again, part of this whole part of the story, I think, of your life and part of your testimony at large is like just the the incredible redemption and good that's come out of um, beauty from ashes. I mean, really, it's like that. Yeah. It's that like beauty from ashes thing. There's a lot of things that have yeah. happened in your life where a lot of it in, in, in or a lot of it out of your control, some of it in your control. But that like for all intents and purposes, like, you know, you really shouldn't be sitting where you are with what you have in this season um, based upon just some probably even statistical analysis of yeah. people that have experienced <laughs> what you've experienced and, yeah. and, and yet here you are. And so I, I, I think that's so beautiful with what you're talking about. You are going to 
you and Chet, which I'm going to talk about Chet here to kind of come into the wrap up of this. Um, you guys are in a season where you're going to be able to take a lot of brokenness in your own lives that you've experienced mm-hmm. and through the Lord and through some healthier processing and new ways of doing things forward, you're going to experience healing in your own kids and wholeness in your own yeah. kids because of that. And so, yeah. um, so thank, thanks for sharing. And I know like, it's not like a, you know, I just appreciate your, your humility and vulnerability because, um, you know, I know a lot of people who right now I'm thinking about like, I probably have six or seven people in my life who would somewhat fit in the category of like, they are kind of, they're going through it and Mm -hmm. they aren't, um, it appears as if they're unwilling to hear or, or they're just not receptive to Mm -hmm. hearing anything that's not just in full agreement or approval of what they're doing. And I yeah. think a lot of people struggle with that. How do I remain loving and non-judging, judgmental? Yeah. And yet, but also feel like I'm not also okay with what's happening, right? Like there's just such right. a weird tension and, and balance to hold there when you're like, you know, I, I love you and I, I'm not going to stop loving you, but like also like you're, you're hurting yourself and a lot of people in life as you're walking through this and to Mm -hmm. say nothing feels counter to who I am because it's, but yet, you know, and so I have those people I'm thinking about going like, what if them, what do they actually need that I could do better in the meantime? Um, And, or is it just a, is it just a process that has to happen that, you know, people want to come to that, understanding in their own time and place and i think to an extent like that really is part of it like yeah you know product prodigal son-esque like at some point as he's eating pig slop you know in the pigsty he's thinking to himself this isn't the life i thought i i was pursuing and i i would rather be back you know as a servant in my father's house um than you know being free and living off of pig slop and there was that he came to himself moment you know i'm sure that that's part of it but it's just hard in the process, you know, um, yeah. hard in the process. But, um, so you, uh, you walked through a difficult season, um, of divorce and kind of that world, but yet you guys really, to your point, um, you, you and Chris, like uh, things that, that, that ended you, you both like even to this day have, uh, uh, like I don't, I don't know if you call it a friendship, but maybe you can call it a friendship. Yeah, like you friends. guys are friends, yeah. <laughs> you guys are friends, totally. and yeah. um, but that didn't, you know, that didn't happen right away. Obviously, so so I'm gonna kind of fast yeah. forward a little bit. You you moved um back down to Southern California in kind of that world that you had been raised up in, um, and then met another man who uh is currently um. Uh, an app. Well, I'm thinking just all the different things I could use to describe Chet. Uh, he's a freaking stud as well, and uh, just a man, a man's man. Uh, and but yeah. but but so you met met Chet. C- can you give us a, just a little bit of that window in into what eventually you know how long you guys have been together, and you know y- you have another child and the whole world. Just kind of give us a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, so. I moved back home um, and like reconnected with some friends from high school and um, we were, and they, and they all had kids too. So it was cool. So I didn't feel like, you know, I was just the single mom with nobody that understood me. So um, we would have birthday parties and there were a few um, like social gatherings where Chet 
and I were in the same, like, at the same event. Yeah. And never saw each other. And, you know, my husband's six, seven, like, he, like, you can't miss him. <laughs> right. He's a giant. <laughs> and, um, uh, finally, uh, Halloween at a Halloween party, we were taking all the kids trick or treating. And, um, he was there and he, um, dressed up his dog. He had a Weimar Weiner. And I grew up with Weimar Weiner. So, yeah. I was like, oh, but I also, you know, hope I don't get hate for this. But like, I'm just not a dog. Like, I'm just not an animal person. Like, yeah. it's not my like cup of tea. I don't like to take care of extra things. <laughs> so I'm like yeah. looking at him. Yeah. And I said, why did you bring your dog to Halloween? Yeah. And in, in like just a backstory, like I was already in a very bad mood that day. Um, Chris and I were at, like the heat, like the pinnacle of our divorce. And it was just like. It was just a lot. And I was very um, emotionally stressed out and not in the mood to go to a Halloween party. And I didn't even want to go. But all my friends were like, you know, Hudson has to dress up and go trick or treating. And I was like, you're right. Like, it's, you know, it's Halloween. So I had showed up to this party in a very bad mood <laughs> and took it right out on the stranger named Chet <laughs> and his dog. And um, he was just like, I don't know. He's my, like, he dressed him up. Chet was Batman. The dog was Robin. It was hilarious. He was like, because it's Halloween. I dressed my dog up. Like, what's your problem? Yeah. <laughs> and then he let Hudson walk his dog. And I, like, basically was just, I don't even know where I went. I was just, like, walking around by myself. And um, I had this little to-go glass of red wine, like a little tumbler with the yeah. lid. And I had brand new um, checkered bands on. And we're, like, two houses from being done trick-or-treating. And I drop my wine all oh. over my brand new shoes oh gosh and i was like oh my gosh like this is just not the day and chet like turned around picked it up and was like like oh like you're you'll be okay or whatever gave me the wine back and then ignored me for the rest of the night and i like i had been hit on so many times in this like few months that i was home for him to not hit on me i was like <laughs> like wait a minute why is he not continuing to talk to me um and mm. then a couple weeks later i followed him on instagram and he followed me and he had posted something that really reminded me of my dad scott and it was uh around christmas time it was a meme it was two reindeers in a car and it said uh like get in loser we're going shopping and that was just hilarious to me and um, he got my phone number on New Year's Eve. Um, the same friends that were having that Halloween party with all the kids had a New Year's Eve party. And they were like, you're going to come, right? And I was like, eh, I don't know, like a guess. And I said, well, is Chet going to be there? And my friend was like, what? And then her husband came around the corner and was like, what? Like, are you asking about Chet? And I was laughing because he was the only like one that was single because everyone else was married with kids and he was the only one that I realized like just had his dog. Yeah. So <laughs> they thought that was incredibly hilarious. And in um they texted Chet, like, you better come to this party. Like Kaylee's asking about you. Like you better show up. But he was out of town, he already had plans. So he was like, I can't. So on New Year's Eve at midnight, he texted me, Happy New Year. It's Chet. And like that's our little like we just like a yeah. little inside joke now and lit and from then on um we were we were just like inseparable it was something came out of the blue i definitely was not expecting it yeah. i don't think he was expecting it either he said something like fine like 
find a babysitter and I like I want to take you like on a nice date and I was like okay so I was talking to grandma about it and I was like should I go should I not go like I'm trying not to date anybody right now and grandma was like I went to school with a boy named Chet but his real name was Chester do you think that's his real name I'm like I don't know grandma said why don't you go on the date and find out <laughs> so for grandma to give me like yeah. the green light yeah big deal that meant a lot to me yeah big and deal. um yeah he took his tooth out he uh he's missing his front tooth because he's a hockey player and took his tooth out of this really nice restaurant and put it in his pocket and I was like <laughs> just take your tooth out and put it in your pocket and he was like yeah you never dated a hockey player I was like no I mean obviously look at my face no <laughs> I am not and I think oh like since that like that really set the tone for our whole relationship because I was going through a time in my life where I was learning to say not like say what like say whatever came to mind but I was learning to not sugarcoat things because that's what was getting me into trouble um making decisions for other people or acting a certain way because that's what I thought other people wanted me to to do yeah um and Chet is the same way so I was blossoming into this new person or who I always was yeah and able to show him that right off the bat and we just like totally connected on that yeah so like he in it this it was like something I've never experienced with anybody else before yeah this is beautiful and yeah. that's that's some it's amazing I, I just some of the things that I got to experience being at your guys house uh in like a few months back and um the way he he you guys compliment each other in your personalities in your makeups like he he has just a kind of a perfect balance of um strength and flex like he yeah. he he's not overrun by your sass but he also uh he knows how to um like lead when he needs to lead but care yeah. and serve and you know just it's it was so cool to watch him love you and your boys um the way that I got to see him do uh when I was there and getting to really be around him for the first time more so in person we you know we've talked and connected before but not like that so yeah um so here's like okay so this is kind of the way I want to wrap up and then okay. and then have have you kind of answered the question that I ask every every guest at the towards the end of the, the, the episode but I want to kind of walk through some of the like some of these these kind of milestone places and for people to get to to see this without a ton of detail but like why I think this is so extraordinary so um so Chet so you and Chet are married you've got you know Hudson and and Hendrix that are you know eight and how old's Hendrix he's three three eight and three um and you know you got a, a great relationship obviously things you're still you know learning and working through like we all are in different you know great relationship um but like r redemption like just look at his life and your life and to be able to have a, a spouse that you know loves you love each other you love your kids and you love the life mm -hmm. that you have um it's beautiful redemption coming out of um having a marriage that that didn't work from your side of things and i'm sure chet had some brokenness in his life too in relationships and things that um but but that's where it's at now there's redemption in that beautiful place and and where you are mm -hmm. so there's a there's a redemption moment there there's there's the beauty from some of those ashes so then moving sliding down even more you've got um uh your dad your biological dad daniel 
who yeah. is out there in Tennessee, not too far away from you, and uh-huh. uh, is in your life now, in your life now yeah. in a way where um, it's like the relationship of, you know, 30 years ago of being, uh-huh. is being renewed and restored. And, you know, you're, you're getting to experience a relationship with your biological dad like you'd never have had before. And he gets yep. to experience grandkids in this side of things, yeah. like, right? Like he maybe hasn't gotten to do before. Uh, yeah. There's some redemption there. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, moving back even more to uh, Chris, who you were married to previously and uh, had, you know, Hudson with. Chris is now out in Tennessee not too far mm-hmm. from you guys um and uh is engaged to uh an- another gal who's been with for a while named bridget and i from what i've heard you guys have actually like had like have hung out together with like the four of you like is that true like yeah. there's like times where like yeah that's like and it's like good and it's like yeah. not like a, it's like just there's there's some friendship there's some like man the way that it's normal and it's like it's it's enjoyable um yeah. And I'm like, redemption. Like, you got something that shouldn't be for the way Mm -hmm. that the world has looked at all of that going like, you know, a a divorced couple who have a kid together. There's a lot of potential tension and animosity and bitterness and all that stuff there are are hanging Mm -hmm. out now with their new, um, you know, spouses, fiancés, whatever, and able to, to, to create an environment for their child that they do share together to see that like there could be healthy relationships somehow in this just blows my mind i just think it's crazy and there's it's just redemption and then yeah and then kind of here's where and there's probably even more to all of this but um i think about uh your mom who you mentioned from the beginning there's been ups and downs in some of your own relationship Mm -hmm. right and um and she's moving out in fact she she's already got a house and her stuff's already moved in she's just uh gonna be driving uh, she's driving she's driving over i think i don't think she's flying or is she flying she's flying over one way she's ticket? flying she's flying yeah. she's flying she gets here tuesday is moving five minutes away from you in tennessee yeah to yeah. to start a new life uh in a new place to be closer to to you and her grandsons and her son-in-law and family which is significant it's ginormous because ansis doesn't leave you know the beach and her world her, place, her yeah. world right yeah and yet yeah. i see it and that only reason why that's happened is because of the redemption that's happened within your guys relationship um right and i just go man all though if one of those things was there if one of those redemption moments was there it would be significant cool yeah yeah like wow but we're talking about like four or five like lifetimes of redemption moments, which doesn't guarantee there's not going to be challenging things in the future, obviously, or that everything is hunky-dory. But it just needs to be, I want to acknowledge it and like just say like, wow. I mean, because that's like that right there is to your point, Kay. You mentioned this earlier as you were talking about you on your journey of kind of like um, – having to figure some things out for your life. The goal is not perfection. Uh, it can't be. And that's that's the reality of life. Life isn't perfect. Yeah. And there's going to be so many things along the way that uh, make it impossible for it to be. Like Jesus is the only mm-hmm. one who could have lived it. But what, but what is possible is people choosing to not give up 
and or right. not throwing the towel on on a relationship that or a, or a conflict or an issue that could be walked out if two people don't just throw in the towel and go you know what what you said really hurt and offended me so we're done talking um you know mom or dad or um you know ex spouse or whatever and i just look at yeah. your life and i go you've allowed redemption to happen and that's not always the case in fact it's mostly not the case um uh-huh. and so i just want to say like well done like you are um you're sitting in a season of life where most people don't get to have those places and spaces, but it's not that it was handed to you. God, yeah. God did a lot, but you had to continue to choose to say yes to that right. journey of redemption. And, and that's a big deal. I'm, I'm around a lot of people who are saying no and have said no mm-hmm. to that journey of redemption. Mm-hmm. And I really met, I think really have missed and are missing out on a lot of what could be. And you just haven't, you have said yes. And, uh, and I think you're getting to see the fruit of that in a way that is just profound. And you may not even fully realize it now. It might be something even in years to come. You'll go, this is pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that all of this has happened the way that it is. Um, and God's hand's been on that. But I just want to say well done. And I'm really proud of you and proud of the life that you have and are living right now. Proud of the family that you're raising. Uh, proud of the woman that you've become and are becoming um, and you know, it, it's something that, that senior year of high school, Kaylee, when I begin to see, oh shoot, this girl's like, not just like, you know, the cute girl, all the guys, you know, trying to, you know, hit on and she's got some sass and some attitude, but I mean, you know, she's not just the, she's got like a calling, like she's actually like, and, 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 and I, and by the way, I think that calling, like there's, there's still probably some unrealized stuff, like calling, like in the the ministry space that you may or may not like, I would say like you got a calling in a lot of, I mean, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if like in, in a certain amount of years you come back and you're like, I feel called to some ministry. I, I won't be surprised if that happens, but, <laughs> but the even bigger calling than that, I think is your ability to, um, to bring people together and, and, and see that redemption process happen. Uh, because you're the fact of all of those things. You're it's Jesus. And then you as the X factor. Right. Like mm-hmm. all of those redemption yeah. stories, there's one common denominator and you're a part of each one of them. And so if you thread all that through and you go, OK, why is it? You, you can kind of point it back to you. I mean, it's God, but also Kaylee is in this and is continuing to find a way to say yes to that. And that that stuff you won't. Yeah. You won't even see for Hut, for Hudson, for Hendrix, for your future grandkids, the gift that mm-hmm. they're you're giving them that they'll receive because you've said yes to redemption. And so, right. um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that, that people that are going to listen to this, they could, they could see that. And man, the testimony of that. And, and even for you to hear, like I, somebody sees it, lots of people see it, but, but I see it right now and I'm just so impacted by it and excited for what the future has in store uh, for those relationships and those things. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Last question, and and then if you want to add anything, you feel free to kind of add anything that you may want to add to to the the rest of the com or end of the combo. But when you think about your life, so the whole the whole why of this podcast is to help people get freed up uh, from what's holding them back, so they can build up who they were made to be. Mm-hmm. When you think about your life and the things that held you back, um, 
what what would you say as you look back and or maybe it's even current still so it might be something that you haven't fully overcome but you can I- identify your overcoming what's something that you feel like has held you back that you've overcome or are overcoming and uh, h- how is that happening yeah um I think that I made a lot of um uh, like adult decisions based on what I thought that everyone else around me wanted to do and wanted me to do or wanted me to be. And I feel like that really held me back from figuring out what I wanted to do yeah. or what, what I was supposed to be because I was so worried about what the people that I loved thought about me. Yeah. Um, and it was really crippling, I think. So out of fear, of disappointing the people that I love or letting them down. I, I feel like that really held me back in my young adult years. And I feel like if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have gotten myself into a lot of situations that I had to fight tooth and nail to get out of. Obviously, you know, everything happens for a reason. And my story was strung along and I, I love my life right now, but there were just a lot of times where like I knew in my gut that like I shouldn't do what I was doing um even like getting married so young like I you know Chris was great and his family was great and it made sense like to get married um and you know all of our friends were getting married so young right where we were at right and um making decisions like that because everyone else was doing it and you know I, I I knew that grandma was proud of me I knew your mom and dad were proud of me because Chris was so great and he came from such a great family and that was like the thing to do there was just you know if I really looked back and like didn't make certain decisions based off of me wanting to ap- appease everybody else around me yeah um it would have been totally different so that that definitely held me back yeah and i in to that point i'm watching you now be so much healthier in that space mm-hmm. where you are yeah uh, unashamedly um un um there's another word i'm missing but you are confidently authentically you and yeah. y- and that and that and that radiates like it's it's actually attractive it's not like repel repelling right so that so that fear i think right. a lot of us experience in those moments of like if i don't become somebody else for them they won't want me kind of thing right um i've watched right. the opposite happen in your own life you know and i think about that and i think that's really really good um one last thing i'll say just about the two of you and you and chet and um something that holly and i experienced and talked about after we left your home and spending some days with you guys uh, that's just special and it's just a piece of who you both are together that you're creating over there um, that I think it's really rare and uncommon but it's so like I just want to be around it more and it is that like ability to be um, like the, the 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 home environment that you create for people that come in the hospitality and like um, the comfortability like there's sometimes you walk into people's homes and it's like you kind of got to walk on eggshells and you're you're like there's only yeah. a certain it feels like you're almost you're all on an oxygen tank and it's going to run out at some level so you're like trying to figure out how much breath you should take in order to preserve the oxygen for the time that you're there right just the opposite yeah. it was you guys like we you walk into your home and you guys are like handing out free oxygen you know what i mean it's like this <laughs> it's this environment that like is so beautiful and holly and i walked away we're just like we want to be more like that with people in our own lives like where 
whether we know super great relationship and have, you know, tons of years of experience or it's somebody we just met, that they can walk into our home and our home is a safe place and they can feel like they are in their own home in a way that um, disarms them and, and they can feel, you know, like they can be them. And and yeah. that may not like be preaching a message like on a Sunday morning at a church, but it's probably just as powerful, <laughs> if not <laughs> if not more, uh, when I think about that. Like, that's very Jesus-like. Like I feel like it's really, it's imparting the heart of God to people, even in a, in a way that doesn't outrightly kind of do it. But it's like, that's the kind of way I feel like the Father's heart longs for people to understand um, He has for them. Like that mm-hmm. you can, you can come into His presence in a way that's like you don't have to put on all this stuff in order for Him to accept you or for you to feel like you're you're apart. Right. You can come in and he loves you in that way regardless. And then as you feel like I'm okay, I'm safe, the the real conversation can happen. And you guys, yeah. you and Chet have just done such a incredible job at creating that in your own home. And it's not like you're trying, it's who you are. Like that's it. Like it's not like you're okay, okay, Chet, let's be really hospitable. Like you guys are you guys are that. And um and it takes two to do that. Like you're 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 both together in that mission. And I think that's gonna it already has but I think it's going to continue to impact a lot of people uh, in the years to come in your guys' life and family. So I love you. Uh, really proud of you. Excited for the season that you're in and um, for the things that God has for you and Chet and Hudson and Hendrix and in, in your future. And, uh, n- you know, now just continue to try to figure out how we can spend more time together in person, yeah. you know, now that we're s- yeah. across the country uh, apart from each other. But, Thanks for, thanks for taking the time to jump on today. Thanks for sharing your heart, of course. being vulnerable and authentic. And uh, just know Holly and I love you guys a lot and excited for the future, getting to spend more time for real in, in the days and years to come. So thanks for joining me today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. With that, until next time, we'll see you later.